Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. On goes Paul. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. I can't Adam and Eve it, boys. We're supposed to do a whole show about pre-season predictions and literally one of the questions was going to be, will Lopetegui last the season? Then it was, is he going to last the week? And I don't think he's going to be here by Wednesday lunchtime at this rate. Joining me to talk about the absolute shit show that's going on at Wolves this week, we've got Stu, we've got Tom, we've got Andy. Um, boys, I don't quite know where to start apart from Stu. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why are you wearing a woolly hat in the middle of August inside? <laughs> Mainly because this is as useful as Foster of Day become for this football club. See, you think I'm unprepared? You think wrong? <laughs> Fuck them off. There we are. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. See, uh, genuinely, I, I've got so much admiration for the leading for all of that, Stu, because you're, <laughs> you're literally wearing that bully hat completely out of season because you know I'm going to pull it up or you up on it. Yep. Just, this, you know, this is the sort of complex mental mind games <laughs> that we should have been expecting from you know our head coach and um, boardroom to sort of operate in this kind of Cold War-esque escapades. You know what? I will be, before we start bashing them. This hat is remarkably comfortable. It ain't like last last year's that shit scarf that didn't keep you warm or did anything at all. You could legitimately wear this on a cold day and, and you'd be absolutely fine. It is very very well lined, but that's all they've got right all summer. Okay, so let, let's get right into it, boys, because it's been a. It feels like this has been the culmination. This has sort of been building up pretty much since the end of the season, if we're going to be honest, but particularly over the last couple of weeks. And essentially, this news felt like it came out of nowhere. Um, that Alex Cook broke the story that Wolves had been speaking to none other than Gary O'Neill about potentially coming into a place Wolves after informal three-hour talks, was it? Which I feel is quite long for an informal talk, but that's just me. Um, and then it seems to have sort of snowballed from there, really, to a point where I think the, the rumours have been circulating today that Lopetegui's been in Wolves, he's been in Compton at training ground, but it's felt like an exit interview. There's been lots of uh, rumours, lots of hearsay, lots of work, the word allegedly, um, which I'll somewhat steer away from. Um, you know, for example, Jeff C is allegedly in China at the moment. Allegedly, Lopetegui um, had already handed in his notes on Friday, apparently. But we'll stay away from we'll stay away from that anyway. Uh, this was always sort of going to happen, wasn't it? It, it, it was always going to end in tears from the moment it began. <laughs> there's there's nothing to say. Is it's for something, I mean, I when I read that yesterday, it was like, okay, that's that just sounds ridiculous. But then the more you think about it, you think, where would that name even come from? What if, if anyone was linked, you'd go with you go up to Scotland and and get Beal again and and all that stuff, and you look at the the hit list or the Portuguese like Conceição and all that stuff, and yeah, and AVB and the usual suspects, but <laughs> Gary O'Neill for. Talking to him for the entire length of Fellowship of the Ring, which is an, an ordeal. What, talking but to Gary to, or? 
Well, yeah, obviously, we'll, we'll get into them later. Um, we, we, we can talk about films on, on a different podcast, um, but it's, it's just beyond belief, even, even for Wolves, that, yeah, Lopetegui, we know that Gully's forced him out and this is what his win for the year, but to be replaced by Gary O'Neill is... I don't know if it's shocking because we know how inept they are, but it's just... I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say other than it's ridiculous. Well, I was going to say, I'll try and kick us off with a couple of talking points because I feel we're kind of all in the same pretty pissed off mood about the situation because we're now six days away from the season starting and the the, the big frustration, I think, all around is Lopetegui could have made a decision about this a bit of a while ago, not basically for Clover and Tottenham Football Club. And I think that I've been trying to work out who is most accountable for this. And ultimately, it's it's the club rather than the man. But if we talk about Lopetegui to start with, I mean, going into this, we knew he was a man who was, you know, more flaky than a 99. You know, he turned us down several years ago. He had all of the stuff going on when he took the Spain job. Um, so when he took the Real Madrid job when he was at Spain. And then he was a bit slow to actually take the job at Wolves in the first place. Um, so, you know, this is a man who I feel like there's always that sort of somewhat questionable integrity compass, so to speak, in terms of actually what he wants to stick to. But leaving a project, leaving a club a week before the season starts, that's just poor, right? I, 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 you know, there's sort of such a lack of that, surely. Go to them first, because I've got things to say about it. it. He's been playing this game since the last game of the season, though, hasn't he? He's been... It seems like he's wanted to be sacked since the last game of the season, constantly talking to his pal, uh, Guillaume, rather than talking to the club. I mean, they can both get fucked, as far as I'm concerned. That is not the way you go about it, the way they've approached it. It's been awful. You know what? I, I, know, I do agree. I was going to say, I know we've had um, Gillan Balagay on the podcast, and he's very illustrious in his profession. He's a bit of a Richard Hammond, isn't he, though? <laughs> Perfect description, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's... Obviously, he's doing it to like raise his profile with his own podcast and stuff now, isn't he? So I think there's a little bit of that from, from Balagay. But I just don't think it's the way he's gone about handling it is at all appropriate. So I saw someone on Twitter earlier saying, like, if a player had done what Lopetegui's done, There'd be fucking hellfire. Mm. But for some reason, everyone's been sort of falling over themselves trying to support him. And it's probably only because, like, we want more players. If things were a little bit better, I don't think anyone would be sort of supporting Lopetegui. But he has spent a lot of money. And the fact that he's still pissing and moaning about not getting more money, it just... I don't know. He what he's saying doesn't quite match the reality. There's definitely a frustration on the goalposts being moving, and I fully appreciate that. But Kunyu was his signing. He was the one. He was his number one target that mm. we shelled out fifty million on. So all of a sudden, if you're spending fifty million on a player, that's going to eat a massive chunk of your summer transfers. There's no way he could have thought, "Oh, I'll spend fifty million. I'll get in." you know, Rochelle Gomez or getting X, Y and Z and then they'll give me another 100 million in the summer. Even without FFP or, or whatever you want to call it, even without that looming, there's no way the club were just going to bend over and give him a blank checkbook. It just wasn't going to happen. So it feels like, yeah, he probably was lied to a little bit, but at the same time, I don't know how realistic his expectations have been here. Yeah, it's it's a bit... I mean, my whole thing was the fact that it's it's obvious that he has been lied to on a massive degree. And yeah, you, okay, you spend that money, but if they can magic this money out and now wear once, why wouldn't you expect them to do it again? I, and I'll put that thing out earlier that last eight, literally 18 months ago when we were in Champions League hunt under Large before he went mental, um, and he was asking for players and they said there was no money. And then literally what? That August, you spend all that money on Gerdes and 
Matthias Nunes comes in, and then literally three months later, you spunk another 80 million at the wall. Where's it come from? It's there all along. It's just lies on lies on lies. And to be, yeah, it might be a bit of naivety for him to expect that of this club and not doing his due diligence on Faust and uh, uh, how they've run the place since they took over. But in a way, I, I admire the shithousery of it all because, like I said on when I was arguing with Russ on Twitter earlier, that no one in their right mind is going to walk away from six million quid. No one, it doesn't matter how, how wealthy you are, you're going to play the long game. If someone's fucked you over, we know how volatile he is. Like Rich said, he's proved that in the past more than once. So if you're going to get fucked over and then you, you go talking to your friend about it because nothing gets resolved and then still nothing gets resolved, I don't blame him. Yeah, it's a, it's a shit thing to do and it's bad for us. But from his point of view, I don't blame him for doing what he's done. <laughs> they're both to blame they're both set of cunts basically end of the day and we're now screwed he did it for his staff as well so the, so the rumour goes isn't it because apparently they, they offered him such an insane amount of money to come to the shit show that was January last January so mm. they they trolled out the red carpet they offered him everything they could possibly to get him here to do the job to save which ultimately they did but then the money's dried up but then Lopetegui didn't want to literally walk because then all, him and all his staff are walking away from the salary that apparently they've never ever seen before in their lives, you know, stupid money. So he was, I don't know, thinking about his staff as well. Uh, and obviously he's, he's mercenary in his nature. You can just see that from his from his managerial career. So, he, you know, he, he's come for the money. He doesn't want to walk away from the money, which, yeah, I get Stu's point. You know, not many people would walk away from that. But he'll get a job in Saudi tomorrow yeah. if he wants to. Oh, he's, he's bound for Saudi, 100%. Yeah. It, 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 it's got it written on the walls. You know, my 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 thought process is, you know, if he leaves a week before the season starts, that's on him. I can't imagine his next set of employees <clears throat> taking too kindly to that sort of attitude. However, I, there's a there's a special place on this earth that is a bit more carefree with those uh, monastic um, <laughs> integrity values that we can't share. But you're right, like, he signed a contract with the club. It, it, it's, it's incredibly clear, as you says, the goalposts have changed because if we're only going to be able to make one signing this summer, just, I said, well, one first-team player who could get in the mix, would it be for a backup right-back? Yeah. Like, it, you know, it, 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 none of it makes sense. We, You know, we could go on about the whole um, Alex Scott situation as well, that we had 20 million but we don't have 25. And now we have, and now we have, because we've got to pay him off at least, like Dan said earlier, he could be up to 9 million quid. So where's that money coming from then? Because that counts towards FFP as well. So it's lies again. And I appreciate like, you know, our lame terms looks at, particularly transfer budgets from what we know from, football games let's be honest we view it how we view it from football manager and from fifa and the every you get given x amount and all right i appreciate there's a, probably a little bit more fluidity within that but it's no difference between having a budget at work in in certain organizations and and you know having and pots that can be allocated to and it might be shifted around a bit but again it, it, we were really good in the january transfer window you know, Matt Hobbs came out, was it the end, end of the season when he sort of did his um, press tour and said, you know, we, we had six targets in January and we got all six. And Barcuna and arguably Gomez, the rest were relatively low value and had had a good impact on the team. You know, you look at um, Lamina, how much did he come in for? Ten, was it? Nine. Nine, you know. Something like that. So... If we have that 20 million, this is going to sound really silly of me, sign two Laminas. Hmm. You know, that, you, that there's surely, uh, you know, targets out there. But I guess if you look at a lot of clubs at the moment, you know, you see what's going on at West Ham, who are about to spend a shit ton of money, I appreciate, and about to spend that Declan Rice money. A lot of teams seem to be a bit slow and are, seem to be a bit more cautious of upcoming financial impediments against them where it's profitability where it's ffp but you do need to work within your means 
and Lopetegui seems to just either not grasp it or you know not want to play that game and doesn't want to grasp it does he no and unfortunately and I think yeah I've said it before the previous podcast I did but you know I sort of expect my head coach to coach players improve them sometimes and not just say I can only make your team better if you give me a hundred million and all right, this team does need investment and it still does need investment. But I also still expect him to be able to do certain things with the resources that he has. And now, you know, he can say, oh, well, we're selling players without my knowledge. We're set, you know, we're getting rid of players left, right and centre. And I completely get the point that none of the players who we've sold were particularly integral to Lopetegui's plans. Hmm. No, Far Nevers, they're yeah. all... Far Nevers, of which I think, if we're being honest, did we not buy his replacement in Jao Gomez in January? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, you and, so. If you look at just that microscope of those two transfer players, you go, that's great work by the club. They, they're forecasting, they've d- done all of this, and they've put in the next, you know, the next line, which is how it should be done. But just the narrative around it that Lopetegui has been drilling, but no, they're just getting rid of players at left, right and centre. I don't know. That, uh, there's a lot about how he has acted that doesn't sit right with me. But at the same time, he's also very clearly been shafted uh, by a club who don't seem to know how to run a football club that isn't just running on feast or famine. Because mm. That's very much it, isn't it? I mean, we've spent... Some someone worked out earlier. We'd spent nearly two hundred million on six players in the last three years. I think it is that that's not sustainable for a club of our size. We're not Man City, where you can just fold that in with a little bit of clever accountancy. It doesn't work for a Wolverhampton Wanderers. You can't spend that much when you're not bringing in the mega books to cover it. So now is going to be the time for the the famine, I'm afraid, and it's shit. But they have to do this, I think. As, and as a fan, you don't want to see it. But that's just where we are now, isn't it? We do need to recoup some of this money. And I think, I mean, I know, Stu, earlier you mentioned in the group chat about we should be looking to the loan market and exploiting that. And I completely agree. But the mm. problem has been that a lot of clubs now seem to be holding on to players to see if they're going to fit into their squads because the changes to the um, sustainability model obviously change over the next few years. So I can imagine Man City aren't going to want to let some of these Tommy Doyles or whatever his name is uh, of the world go just yet, because if they can blood them into their first team, then they're not going to need to spend 50 million on bringing in a replacement player. They can use him sparingly and improve him. So we're kind of Mm. in, we're sort of stuck in the middle at the moment because clubs seem to be reluctant to let people go. And, if they do, like the only transfers, we've had a few big, big transfers, but not much of anything else, this transfer window. It still doesn't feel like it's really kicked off. We've had a few, like Chelsea have gone mental because they're Chelsea, but not a lot else seems to have happened. That's why, well, it's another one of them things. Eh? Like you said, the clubs are holding on to them, and Man City in particular. I mean, like they did with Foden, like they said, I think it was, I think it might have been the um, Totally Football show where they said about Cole Palmer. That they'll, they're doing with him like they did with Foden, but for everyone else, like you mentioned, then um, the guy they sent to Sheffield United, the ones who are clearly not at that level, they will send them out. But no, that's not going to happen until the last week of the window anyway, because that's what loans usually ha- when you, loans usually happen. Mm-hmm. And having the window shut in <laughs> after the season starts again, which is continually stupid, but it's never going to change, um, is an issue. But you just know full well that they'll do that. And it's all well and good them saying, well, we said this last week or the week before, last time we were on, that, yeah, he's saying, no, yeah, we have to be prudent now, and then it's all okay in the summer. But you know for well they'll come up with some other magical excuse for not spending any money in the summer as well, like they always do. They've done it every single year without fail, and then they change their mind. And there's always been that caveat, we'll spend money if we think there's someone... Um, someone that we can we can blood and is worth an investment. Yeah, fine. You, you don't want you to be coming out and saying, yeah, we're going to spend 150 million every year, whatever. But 
when you're just blatantly lying about things that you can't do it or things like this, how many times do you want us to not believe you? Because for me, I don't believe a single word they ever say anymore at all. For me, I think half my issue is it's not even so much that. It's they'll do or we'll do sensible transfer, sensible transfer. Mm, yeah. Here's 35 million on Tomato, here's 35 million on Silver. Players who either just aren't worth that much money or so far have struggled to live up to that that price tag. We need to stop doing these fucking ridiculously big transfers in amongst yeah. these sensible ones. Just keep it sensible. Yeah. Because now we've got I mean, if we were to sell uh, Mateus, like who's going to want to pay the 40 million euros we paid for him on the back of last season? Nobody, let's be honest. You're not going to get the 35 we invested in silver. Samedo wasn't worth the money we paid for him then. He's not going to get that money back now. Obviously, we got rid of Raul, who we spent big money on. We got him, was it 33 we paid for him and we sold him recently for six and a half. Obviously, caveats on age and injury record. But all of those big signings have been a fucking disaster for this club. That's rich. Yeah, what, why is that? We, we know. Sorry, Andy. Yeah, but Sorry. we know why those big deals are happening. There's, there's one man responsible for those big deals, and that's the problem. He did us a favour in the championship. He did us a favour in the first season, and now it's gone to shit, just like it did when he was at Valencia, and we were warned about this. It's that they, they, they can't control him. And where is he now? Mm-hmm. Now there's no cash. You don't hear any links to any of his players. Nothing. Where is he helping us out with a little loan here and there, trying to get us out of the shit? He's gone, and he's gone because there's no cash anymore. Because we've openly said there's no cash, or at least we've we've said that there's no cash. Whether there is is a different matter. But where is he now? I think thing that um, stuck to me, and I I was going to say minor plug. The fancast now has a TikTok account so you can follow it at walls fancast but anyway i was trying to make one because i'm really cool and young and stuff and i thought i'll try and like sum up my thoughts on this and then doing six and a half minutes on it and thought yeah this is uh this is a bit tragic but both of you have kind of covered we've kind of actually covered the three main points i kind of made is that we could either be looking at this loan market looking at the loan market which we've kind of done before and i get your points about the types of players you can get in because let's be honest it's a thing that walls do we only keep players who we think have got a chance in the first team and that's that's how it, you know there's been a dynamic shift um from i guess a generation ago where you'd send your young players out to get them experienced to then blood them in the first team now it's you are getting them a loan to put them in the shop window that, that's essentially all it's there for now. There's a reason, um, you know, certain players have gone alone at certain places, to be honest, that it is about increasing that. Look at Ryan Giles. You know, it, mm. in hindsight, and, and it's a bit, I think it's a bit of a shame for, for him in particular. He had no chance of ever making our first team, but we've managed to get money for him from a, a, a Premier League rival. Well, you say he had no chance. He, he would have had a chance next week. <laughs> if if it's Gary O'Neill coming in, he would have had a, a right old chance. So as, like Policy mentioned earlier, so would Nathan Collins have had a chance? It's the short-sightedness of this whole window when there's, they've recouped money to, apparently according to Johnny, when he said they were going to make a profit. They wanted to make a profit. <laughs> the whole thing just falls on its arse when... <laughs> You've got that issue of our lay. Let's not balance the books. Let's make an actual profit. Yeah. Is it like you have to 105 million over three years? This is what I can't get my head around. 105 million over three years. So they're saying they've got 40 million loss on year one, 80 between a 60 and 80 million pound loss year two. So what's that take you to there? So that takes you to 120 million. So surely we need to recover, let's say, well, 15 million, is it? Let's say 20 million. But we've recouped 100 million. So this is what I mean. Where's we we can't orchestrate that and get a few deals through the door. This is what I've said. This is what I've said all along. It's complete bollocks because it, even if you work it out like that, which is not how it's worked out by, we've we've talked about amortisation enough about breakdown of divide it by five, blah blah blah. But even even doing it that way, even just saying okay, this is what we, this is how much we've lost this year. This is how much we've lost on paper this year as well. We've still bought more in. So even do, even doing it that way without going all technical and, and noncy about it, it makes no sense. 
It's <laughs> so. <laughs> I think the fact that lot most people can see it as well is why it doesn't make any sense. And the only way it wouldn't make sense is if they're not putting any money in themselves. Because if that's the case, then you can only lose. You can only lose. I think it's five million if there's no owner injection, which that bring, makes the whole thing completely different. Because if it's that's the case, then they are making that money up to make the profit and doing it completely self-sustainable. Like I, I mentioned earlier on Twitter, that you effectively turn us into Norwich because if you've got no owner, owner investment in there. Then you can, and you can only you can only lose five million. <laughs> then you are you you're basically spending the Premier League TV money that you get every year, a few gate receipts, pies, but they didn't sell Balti pies last week apparently, so that's off the table as well. So, what are you making that? What's that? 30, 40 million a year? It can't be done, especially well, it can be done, but you just get relegated again. It's not possible to be sustainable and be a top-half Premier League side. It's not possible. Doesn't this just all come down to the fact that Foson don't have a business plan in, pra- in place like for, for anything, whether it's the, I guess, the football operation side of things to making sure we have a squad that is competitive and, say, tapping into loans, tapping into free transfers, tapping into, you know, young and hungry developing them. They just don't have a coherent plan when it comes to the sustainability stuff now for me like you know it's like oh can we be self-sustaining you can't still need that initial injection of cash to actually Mm. you know get the ball rolling you do need to invest a bit you know the the old thing with Foson is everyone says oh well they're an investment company well can invest in us then if you want to see a profit on this football team you actually yeah. need to hire the right people to bring in the right players to deliver you the right product, which is going yeah, to think... your higher league position and increase the value market of your players. And they've that's already more the point, though, isn't it? More than more the point is they're not. I, I, I think they have, to be fair, I don't think you can level it. They haven't invested because they, they have really. They have. They've yeah. invested a lot of money yeah. into it. They've written off all that money. They have invested, but it's how they've invested. They haven't mm. got the right people mm-hmm. around at all. Because I haven't got a clue what they're doing. Like you know, they had sellers for however long it was. Uh, didn't know what he was doing. Bombed him out. They bombed out everyone. Didn't replace them. Got she making decisions. Oh, there's a click of the fingers from higher up at Fos, and suddenly we've got a load of money. Let's sign Nunes, Geddes, Kaladzic. Um, it's just scattergun. There's just no, like you say, there's no coherent plan. And I, I don't think you can level it so much at investment. I think it's how that money's invested mm. and and the people behind it because it's just not something's not working at all behind the scenes and something needs to change and heads need to roll. Yeah, and they have, like you said, they have they clearly have invested because they wrote off that 120 million, which is yeah. fine. And they've clearly seen that, yeah, this is how we've done this. We've worked within the the realms of FFP with our investment. And they've done that and they're written off, which is great, wonderful. That adds, effectively adds 120 million onto the value of what they spent in the first place. Was it 44 or something like that? So they'd already get 250, 300 million if they sold us to someone going on the Newcastle price and years past and wherever. But then you can't then go from that to nothing. It doesn't work like that. Look what happened. It, this happened in 2003. We spent all that money for years and years wanking it up the wall on nonsense that got injured over and over again in the 90s. Then as soon as we got promoted, so Jack said no more, and what, three million on Lujny or whatever it was. And look what happened there. <laughs> it doesn't work. You can't go from one to the other. You're the, you're the, yeah. do, you're the, you're the all in, or you're not at all. <laughs> but you can't just go from one to the other. You have to phase it down. It doesn't make any sense. And they know what will happen. And if we are in, when we are in trouble again in January, the magic checkbook comes out again. Oh no, we found ways around it. No, you haven't. <laughs> hmm. But you say even if I, even if we stumble our way to january we invest 80 million again and we finish 15th there is a strong likelihood that as tom said well we like we either won't invest in the right people or we won't get what we need to back from it and we'll be in the same situation in a year's time saying well hang on yes it's great you've invested that 80 million you've you know you've got a manager who's kept us up despite your own colossal fuck-ups previously but what are you going to do to push on now it's like i i look at our 
that what's probably going to be our first choice eleven and go, that's a decent Premier League side. That that team can compete up to a certain degree in the league, but it's not going to do much more than that. And particularly if you've got this club under this regime to finish seventh place twice in a row after coming up, that is unheard of in terms of that level of success so quickly and to replicate it. And then, all right, they'll hop back to COVID and I guess external market forces and stuff like that. But their inability to see that gap between 7th and 16th, and you know, you could argue it's even lower than that. They just have not seen that all those other clubs are pushing, needing to push on as well. And unfortunately, in the Premier League, as much as probably any division, you, you can't stay still. If you stay still, you're going to get eaten. And that is essentially what has happened. You've got so many other teams who are just, just bypassed us with either, either savvy investment and savvy development and sales or just spent the cash. And we're, we're now here sucking our thumbs, essentially. And you're right, heads have got a role, and it's got to be Jeff Shee. Because I, I don't know how you can look at this situation and go, his job is tenable. He has spent six years courting this man and fucked it up. At the very least, the, just the sheer sustained amount of up and down performances, low levels. It's it's just not good enough for a club at this level. And it's not about, oh, well, Wimbles, we should, you know, we see ourselves as a top half team. It's not that. It's that if you keep running like this, you're going to lose your investments. You are, we will get relegated. And that's why Fosun want us. Like, we ask why they invest 80 million in January. Yeah, it's because they want to keep us in the Premier League. But they don't want to do much more than that. Yeah, and that's for and you couldn't say, oh yeah, you, we've been spoiled kids now because that's all we asked for for years on end when we were, when we were just milling around being like Ipswich. But <laughs> times change. It's like all the um, all that. Oh, you can't criticize. Look where we came from and all that bollocks. And yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not relevant in the slightest. It's like saying, oh yeah, you were you were you raised this wonderful child for years and then you beat your head in. Oh, it doesn't matter, but you don't, you're not going to jail, don't worry. It's a, you, you raise a good kid there, but you murdered it to death. It doesn't matter. It's ridiculous. You live in the moment. The moment, for the last two years, is awful. <laughs> and they are. They're beating this... If Wolves is our child, they're beating our, our child to death every day. <laughs> and I don't see how people can't see it. It's almost like they've got some kind of... Like gag reflex in saying no, and like you can't, you've got to draw a line somewhere. And if you've got people in the in the organisation, if you go on NFL talk for a minute, if you've got people in the organisation not doing the jobs, they got rid of, ain't they? There's no pissing about over there. They're just gone and they're replaced. And you look at the people who've been replaced from here. Look at our Lord and Saviour who went to uh, work at Harlequins. Yeah. Any failing, I don't care what, what his job was, or if it was a smoke screen or whatever. And he had his friend who was a DJ, which that was a fun night, and he was still lost, but still. But the point is, he still spoke to people. And forget about the, the points at Brentford and all that stuff. There was a, someone who seemed, seemed to listen. It doesn't matter if it was real or not. It, it was there. <laughs> Since he's gone, nothing. The bollards, policy's bollards, still have been painted outside the ground. They're falling apart. Everything happens from then on in. Fellwell, oh, there you are, a comment there about Fellwell. He was criticised over and over again. But you look at the people on that radar, Raul was not a Mendes client. A lot of the people who were bought in under, under that regime in the first year were a complete joke. We all know that. And it's almost like Nuno was the a one in a million chance that something right place, right time, of a guy who just worked miracles with what he had. Bear in mind, it was Bonatini for half the year. <laughs> and then a, bro then a half half fast of Felby for the second half, and we somehow won the league. And you think, okay, yeah, wonderful. And then it happened again the year after. But then Thelwell leaves, and then we have Sellers. And then 
it's just a catalogue of errors over and over again. And it's not just Jeff Shee. It's about it's Sky Sun and all the other all the rest of them. And you look at the the, the board of directors who the, apparently there's three of them. Who are they? No one really knows. Apart from John, I think John Bywater's still there. The, the Chelsea guy, but it's like well. <laughs> If they're not going to be held accountable for it, then you have to go above that, don't you? And then they have to go as well. But nothing will change because we get that little purple line on the sleeve and we get broadcast revenue and you get, you get photos mentioned in circles and it'll go over and over again. And that's, like you said, it's all about the brand. And the brand, as long as it stays in the Premier League, fuck it, that's, that's fine. Because you get that money, you get that exposure, everyone's happy, apart from us, but we don't care. We don't care, do we? 720 quid. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I mean, that's that's the backdrop to all of this, isn't it? It's another year of increases on the fans' pay packets. Again, it's coming out of our wages to subsidise this, and we don't matter. Like no. in, in the grand scheme of things, they genuinely couldn't give a fuck because the money that they generate from us is such a drop in the ocean to the bigger scheme of things. They just couldn't care less. So, yeah, even if Jeff Shee were to go, they would just replace him with another one of their people and would still be in the same boat because nothing would change, not without, you know, a complete sea change with Fosun literally leaving and getting in new investors. But there's no say that that would be any better because we're no longer in the world of millionaires when it comes to football. It's billionaires. And they're not... You know, they've not all been excellent, have they, let's be honest. And if they have, they often bring other issues with them. So, I don't know. It just feels like being a football fan, you're on to a bit of a loser at the moment. Like, regardless of what team you support, none of them feel great anymore. But that that is the point, though, eh? What do you do? Do you, if you have the choice, do you stay with this forever? <laughs> this this mid-table Premier League doddering about and with some hope that something's going to happen one day but more than likely it won't or do you roll the dice and potentially go down again because you can only you can only be mid-table and be a palace forever it's only it's going to wear down eventually and that waiting list of 10,000 is probably about five now <laughs> at an educated guess Where's, once that goes down what are you doing then when you're charging Grand a year and hundred pound a match ticket to get battered at home every year by Brighton. You yeah, go five years in the future, you roll the dice. I'd roll the dice. But then I wasn't going to be mid-table last year. Let's face it; they're really, really running a risk now. Mm. That like you know they want to protect their investment. They need to fucking get the finger out and do something because it's only going one way. It, 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 it's just like Leicester, isn't it? It's Leicester yeah. had they had a better squad than us, and they're going to have a better manager than us. And they went down, and we will go down if we're not careful. Luckily, there's, there seems to be two teams that surely, surely are shoo-ins to go down. <laughs> so we only, have, we only have to be better than one of them. But I think the fact that we're replacing our manager with a manager that Bur- uh, Bournemouth sacked and didn't think it was good enough for him just shows you everything, tells you everything you need to know about where the club is at the moment. Well, yeah, that, that's a lovely segue, Tom, and I love it because I was trying to work out how to shoehorn it in. So the front runner for the job is Gary O'Neill, who I think depending on who you talk to, and I think for most people, it's it's a really... I, I feel sorry for him, to be honest. Yeah, it's, I not do. His fault. it's not his fault. He's, um, you know, just basically been offered a job. Part of me can see why balls have offered it, you know, are going to somebody like him. But at the same time, you say there's a reason he was sacked from Bournemouth. It's because they conceded the most goals. They faced the most shots. They had the fewest shots uh, taken. They had the fewest key passage and the lowest percentage. I'm I'm not going to put it down to luck or anything like that because he, he came in when that team was on its 
arse. They'd lost 9-0. Um, and then they had Scott Parker basically just said, the squad shit. And he came <laughs> in and, and managed to get some... And he got a tune out of them. And, you know, I've got to give him, you know, credit for that. I don't quite see what the fit is for him at Wolves. I, I, I'm curious, it, it, guys. It, look, we we we've had our moans, we've had our groans. Can any of you pull a positive out from it? The only thing for me, we're not mulling you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so did so did King D but that was a mistake. Told you all. Um, <laughs> um, my only kind of wishful thinking behind it is. He did for Bournemouth what Lopetegui did here, and he had he had a job to do, and that was the best way he could do it with the players he had without a preseason. Problem is, he's coming here without a preseason, but they've already been coaching a certain weight. So, if and it is a big if, that stuff last last season was a means to an end with players nowhere near as good as what we've got, and that is what he thought he had to do to keep them up. Then fine, if he's gone to Talk to Hobbs, and he's convinced him that he's his broader way of playing football is expansive, gully triangles and all that kind of stuff. And but he's not shown any sign, real sign of it, really. And he does it, then fine, great, wonderful. Um, it's just that the body of work that we've seen so far, which is not a lot at all, obviously, because he was a caretaker, which then got given a job. Um, it might work. It might be. It might be absolutely genius. It might be like we. I know we all came on. If you, you go back seven years, and none of us were very happy about Nuno being here. We looked stupid then, did we? So yeah. it it does happen, and it you look at things that do that look mental from the outside, and then it's a masterpiece. It's a masterstroke. But then for every masterstroke, there's a Dean Saunders. And well, this seems more like that than a massive stroke yeah. to me. Well, think of it this way. Um, I believe, according to um, our friend Bez's husband, Wal- uh, Foson have hired six managers in seven seasons. I saw that. And Nuno is manager four for four years. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, is that... incredible, isn't it? It's... Yeah. I mean, it, we it, take it's... the piss out of Leeds over doing stuff like that, but we've quietly gone under the radar doing just as poorly when it comes to our management recruitment. They've got it wrong time and time again, haven't they? As for Gary O'Neill, it's really difficult to say if it's a great or a terrible appointment because I've literally no idea what Gary O'Neill's version of football is. Because as Stu pointed out, all we've seen is, you know, like seven months worth of arguably the worst squad in the Premier League, just about scrapping to survival. So he had one window which he did spend a fair bit of money and got a couple of loans in. So maybe they were his players. I don't know how it works in Bournemouth. But he hasn't got a body of work behind him for me to say, OK, I can see where we're going. I've literally no idea what he could bring in either a positive or a negative way. The only thing I would say negatively is our squad already feels quite hodgepodge anyway. Mm. So bringing a manager in with six days to go before first game of the season to work with this bunch just like he's on a bit of a hiding to nothing, I suppose, which in some respects just gives him a free shot. Mm. But I don't want a free yeah. shot. I want to make sure that we survive <laughs> and we look to the future. So I'm I'm really at a loss with this one. The problem is as well, like it, it's obviously been leaked from the club. They wanted the fans to know that we're doing a bit of contingency planning. We've interviewed managers last week. And the name they've leaked is Gary O'Neill. Like, that's that's <laughs> not going to get the fans on your side, is it? If they said, oh, you know, we spoke to Potter. Okay, fair dues. But, yeah, I don't get this one. I really don't get this one. I mean, you, you could say, like, you look last season with Burnley and how many people would have thought that Vincent Company would have done what he did there? And I, I know he'd managed a bit back in... in in Belgium and wherever, but it hadn't been anywhere near as impressive as what he did there. And so it, it you can it can work. <laughs> I'm, 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 as the as the last two days has gone on, I've kind of 
there's literally no point in moaning about it. if he's here then you there's no point pissing about is there? there's no it's going to achieve nothing whatsoever if you're going to moan and whinge every time the ball gets hoofed down the line what's it what's the point it's like he's like you said andy it's it's a free hit for him everyone expects him to be shit if he's not shit then it's it's great but the fact that we're in this situation is ridiculous but you've just got to back the guy at the end of the day i mean he's he's been you can't it is very saunders like you you're offered a job he's going to take it if he's going to play that way it looks brilliant but yeah it's there's evidence of, ha of it happening i just don't know and is that me trying to convince myself probably but <laughs> Say, I don't and, know. And, yeah, Andy, you raised a um, good good point in terms of that's the name they leaked to the press, and like whether I throw my word allegedly or not, I think it's fairly fairly apparent it's been leaked by the club. Does that not sit really badly with people? Because we we've talked about Lopetegui using uh, Balagain, using sort of certain Spanish uh, press as his kind of mouthpiece. I do find it really, really questionable ground for essentially your employer openly touting for your replacement and then feeding it to the <laughs> media. And, and, and it, it just feels like it's just so horribly played out. It's so, I just find it so unedifying from the club to Lopetegui. I just, it, it's so embarrassing. From like a human, almost HR perspective, isn't it? Surely, no, no so one comes out of the situation looking good. No, everyone, no. everyone looks like a dickhead in this scenario. <laughs> the club, the club, yeah. Foson, Jeff Shee, Lopetegui, Guillaume Balaga, they're all a bunch of tossers, really winding me up. Um, mm. but I mean, I've got O'Neill's record here from last year so 30 played 37, won 11, drew six, lost 20, goals scored 41. So Maybe they're matching his goal scored tally with ours to try and get a sort of a match. Um, his points per game was actually better before January, which I found quite interesting. Mm. Whether well, I didn't read too much into that, but like you say, it's a small body of work. But I don't know if this goes with uh, Jeff She's challenger attitude thing. Just sack your manager, <laughs> sack your manager about six days before the season, hire someone who's got six months' experience and nothing more, um, just to try and get that siege mentality. I don't know, but no one's got a clue what they're doing. Let's face it. It's so strange because bearing in mind how like we played in a friendly on Saturday, yeah. and we look we looked tidy, yeah. we looked good, we looked yeah. motivated for want of a better term. You know, I, you wouldn't suggest this to a team whose morale's at the absolute floor. I know it's a pre-season friendly and stuff like that, but it's it, it's going to take you know strong characters in that dressing room to. Um, you know, to, to hold this all together because, yeah, they're getting a new manager, but it's, it's up to those players to respond to the situation and to respond to a new manager in quite literally a matter of days. And, you know, particularly, you know, we talked about you know, how much money Wolves have, you know, spaffed away in recent years. And I think one of the biggest talking points in the summer regarding transfers was probably Fabio Silva in terms of what his future and what his development looks like. And reading between the lines i sort of assumed he'd stay um i believe we actually have some breaking news on the pod guys um the uh, duh, 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 uh the club and hulan lopetegi have reached agreement to part ways ending his nine month stay as head coach we got breaking news exclusive oh, this, this is this is big this is huge um guys i feel so, like do we now need to just do a new whole recording. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. break halfway through. Oh, um, well, he, he, um, he didn't feed Chat GPT that one, did he? The little wanker. I mean, that thing, the thing that I drafted as a joke earlier on is better than that. Yeah. There won't be any thanks at anywhere, will there? Thank you for his contribution. He's not gone for a corner flag shot or even a shot for stadium. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, so, like... sideways profile of him for anyone who's. Some watching our feed instead of theirs. Um, yeah, shocking. Shocking. But realistically, what more does he deserve from him? He's been playing dickhead games all summer. He was never going to get a nice, warm thank you for everything. 
I'm surprised they ever just put no fuck off at the end of it. Because <laughs> I that's generally how the relationships ended between club and manager, isn't it? It's been frosty as fuck and they clearly hate each other's guts. So I'm expecting <laughs> a podcast drop from Balagay in the morning with more bitching and moaning. He's still got a better send-off than Adama did. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, what can you say? Uh, this is, uh, it, it is just absolute... What? Are we now a new banter club of the Premier League? Yeah. Oh, Leeds are gone, aren't they? And Everton have picked up a bit. Everton, Everton have quite Everton just gone under the radar. Manager. West Ham are about to sign people. Arsenal, well, they're always going to be Arsenal. Chelsea seem like they've got their shit together. Mm, well, even Spurs, Spurs still are a bit but... Spursy. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, but they're all, they're all, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, well, you, well, you've even got HLTCO has, has been tweeting about Wolves for the last few weeks. I know, and I say, you we, think we stretch out on a national basis, and I think that's my always my fear as a Wolves fan, isn't it? That we've always got, like, over the last couple of years, you know, let's say a couple of years ago to Bruno Large when he was moaning about not getting players, that didn't seem to really kind of stretch into, you know, the national media. This has and this will. Losing a manager six days before the season starts ain't mm. great. Um, you know, it, it it's going to blow up. For, you know, if we talk about fucking leaking stuff to the media now... We're going to pay our asses for it now. Yeah, I mean, mm. the one thing that didn't lead to the media, I don't know if this is in the Rodden order or not, but this, this oh, fucking oh, squirrel. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> you know what? Of all the things that they could do, just look at it. <laughs> Can I, I, I don't want to be this guy. It's not that I like it. I do think... To a certain degree, we are holding on to nostalgia. It's an emoji. They've turned him into an emoji. Yeah, but that that does make more sense, doesn't it, in the grand scheme yeah. of things? Yeah. Like, I get it. Do you mean, do you mean we know what they've done? Mean they've transferred yeah. into something that's really highly replicable for a young child mm. to draw. Yeah, I get it. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I still want the 95 Wolfie with a massive fucking head, but like, I, I get it. <laughs> I'm no longer, you know, fucking 10 years old or whatever, so we have to move with it. I mean, let, let's be honest, mascots in their inherent nature are weird. Well. Yeah. But but it, we had a good, we had a really good one, though. Well, now we did, it. yeah. We had one who'd fight, you know, fight people and stuff like that. Go listen <laughs> to the, uh, go listen to the Steve Bird episode if you, if, if you can find it, guys. But it's, yeah. Why has he got, why has he got a squirrel's tail, though? That doesn't. It, Stu's, Stu's livid. He's Stu, livid, isn't he? I mean, when I, when, I, when Pricey showed us that, and I thought, that, well, that's well, no, Matt's done it, didn't he? Because he was in the ground first, and I thought that's surely a joke. That all that was part of the was it you, Andy? Who said it, it could be the Ar- Arctic Wolf sponsorship thing? But then, okay, you kind of yeah, you understand about the emoji stuff. But then he turns up and he turns around and he's got a squirrel tail literally stitched onto his own back to stop it wagging around. <laughs> where's Wendy in all this well mm, this is what happens when yeah you get a well, makeover you get a face it could be a crossbreed it could be a crossbreed between like a wolf and a squirrel or something you know him and Wendy have been up to something I don't know well what, like I'll put in that thing he's, we know where it's a crossbreed of and that, that thing in Shanghai never the same after that was he yeah, this is true <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I can feel this pod taking a turn, boys. I really, I really feel it can. Um, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, as um, um, big thanks to everyone who's tuned in, to be fair, um, throughout this. It's been fascinating to not um, talking about football, not the mascots tail. Come on, lads. Hell, you must be a new listener here, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Football's yeah. depressing. At least we're talking about something yeah. funny. Let's, I mean, I mean, more depressed. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting to see where the club go from here to see if Gary O'Neill was just a soundbite that was delivered to the press or whether they have something planned. And genuinely, we're hearing, it, we're hearing it's done, aren't we, at Fancast Towers? We're hearing it's a done deal. Yeah. 
this mm. is uh, it, it's going to be an interesting time um, the next the next week isn't it but it's fine it's not like you know there's you know people's you know general enjoyment for 10 months of year at stake <laughs> yeah. yeah I can't mutually oh, no. terminate my fucking season ticket can I yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll actually give you money back and more for your yeah. disgruntlement of the situation what you need to do is mouth off in some sort of media maybe like a podcast yeah I'll get Guillaume back your... <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fine <laughs> and just dialing in now um... <laughs> can you imagine I don't think he's coming back on this show, is he? <laughs> um, yeah, it, look, look, let's be honest, boys, it's a joke of a situation, and we're going to be laughing snogs to the leaf a bit, but in the one really small positive, and I was thinking, you know, we're talking about no one comes out well from this situation. Lopetegui hasn't come out well from this. It's not like he's getting to walk away with his head held high. The wall, you know, walls, the boardroom haven't come out well. But, you know, as podcasts <laughs> have content galore from this and let's be honest it's not going to stop here like in terms of like the shambles is it let's get you know we're gonna we're gonna have um stuff with o'neill are we gonna is he gonna be able to bring in players because surely that's gonna be like the first question any coach asks is what's my budget and unless gary o'neill's the only one stupid enough to sort of say yeah i don't need to sign <laughs> It'll be fine. Then Con- contract length will be an interesting one. Yeah, well, I reckon we... they'll do a twelve months rolling jobby again. But you know that's in theory what they you know we suffered on Lopetegui for that, haven't we? But as soon as you perform that firefighting miracle, you hold the you know you're holding a shotgun to the club mm. because you know say well. You know, you'll sign me for a two-year deal. You might not like my methods, but I'll get the job done. And then, you know, you've got a stick or twist or you've got to deal with their personality in this case. So, I mean, it feels a bit awkward now because I said we we're going to do pre-season predictions. And I feel like the club have sort of pissed on that bonfire a little bit. Um, out of curiosity, though, have your... Prediction. I mean, we, we had this plan for ages and ages from about Saturday, but we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but genuinely, in, in the last like three days, have your thoughts changed in regards to what, what you think will happen with Wolves this season in terms of, let's say, where we'll finish? Or do you think it's now going to be very much dependent on what manager and what reinforcements we get in, in the, the next three weeks? I mean, if you go back to Saturday, I mean, I, I was the beacon, amazingly, I, I was the beacon of positivity all for the second half of last season, and I fully believed in that we'd be fine when we were. Um, and I, I did the thing when we put the tweet out about what your predictions of the year, and I said 11th, and mid, mid-table, comfortably mid-table, no, no issues, um, but not really challenging for Europe was what, if you look at the back end of last season with the players that we had then, with, without a, two strikers that we now have, which, again, we can't judge them yet, um, playing the way we were in the, in the in pre-season and you look at all the videos that come out and everyone's happy and having, and having fun with each other and even in the press day thing for the Premier League and the, everyone looks like they're enjoying each other's company again, which wasn't the case in the large. And you think, OK, everything's all positive And, yeah, if we finish mid-table... We play better football. We look like we've got some kind of plan on the pitch. That's perfectly fine by me. I don't expect to get into Europe again, especially not yet. I mean, maybe never. Um, but then you look at it, and Lopetegui was a massive part of that last season. I don't care what some people say. He he came in, saved us, did the job. But then you say, okay, well, he didn't change the style, but he kept us up. That was the remit. It, it wasn't change the style. And my thoughts all all along were, once we're safe, once he's had a pre-season with them, he'd change it then. And then you looked at pre-season and you look at Saturday and how good that game was and that performance and that you saw like little green shoots of that style being implemented and you think, okay, they're they're passing and moving. What is this madness? But now, who the fuck knows? Because half his squad were bottom of the league last year. (laughs) Like 10 months ago, this squad were bottom of the league. 
with no hope whatsoever. And yet, you got Cunha and, and Nunes and and the two I just mentioned, and it's half a team. And yeah, I get that, but it's such an unknown now that it could it could go either way. We could be he could just come in, be totally fine, but he could be a struggle genius. Like I said, it could be a succession plan. But I think the fact that we just don't know is the kind of it's scary and intriguing at the same time. Like on, when this first came out yesterday, I thought, "Well, we fucked then. We clearly we banged banged to relegation, and we were third favourite early on this morning for, to go down." But you think about it with a kind of calmer head, and you think, "Okay, well, the squad harmony's still there. That's between the cells, unless we get some kind of." some workhorse dinosaur coming in who's banning ketchup and all that kind of badness that's going to break that all apart, which even Gary O'Neill doesn't seem like that kind of person. So with the benefit of the doubt, I would still say mid-table because the players that we have, he's still better. I know the Leicester thing from last year, like Tom said, the players that we have, he's still miles better than a lot of teams around us as long as they all stay, which is now, again, up in the air because... Have some of them stayed because of Lopetegui? We just don't know. So, with the squad that we've got now, with saying Gary O'Neill, I'll still say eleventh, twelfth, and it's a massive, it's a massive guess because we've got no clue. I'm pretty much in agreement. Like after the the match on the weekend, I was quite positive for the first time in, in Lopetegui's reign, where I felt like. I knew what Lopetegui ball was going to be. And I thought, actually, this, this could be quite exciting this season. We might not win a load, but I don't think we'll lose a load either. It'll be a much more fun season. And now we're facing this massive unknown. A guy who's, I think, younger than me, who hasn't retired from football all that long ago. Um, I mean, that might work in his favour in that he's a young guy. He'll be able to like bond with the team quicker. But it might also have the adverse effects of they'll see him as a mate rather than a manager. Hmm. And plus, I'm guessing that all of Lopetegui's staff have gone with him now. So we've now got a manager and a goalkeeping coach, and that's it. <laughs> like, Steve Davis. Yeah, I mean, so I'm a little bit worried now. I do think we've probably got enough to get over the line, but I don't think it'll be all that clear-cut. I mean, I could see us doing 14th, 15th under him with the squad we've got now. But as Stu also said, what are some of these other players? Like, Cunha's just signed for 50 million and he's going to want to be taking orders from Gary O'Neill. Like, I, I don't know. We just, obviously, we know the issue surrounding Fabio Silva being unhappy. How much has this whole clusterfuck affected morale in the dressing room? I, I really haven't got a clue. I mean, I could see us finishing 7th. I could see us finishing 12th. <laughs> could be absolutely fucking anything this year. I, I do get what Andy means, uh, what you both mean, though. This gives you a bit of excitement. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're just here for a ride now, boys. Yeah. It, 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 it could be great. It, it could be an absolute horror show. Um, I'd be like, try and whittle down. And to be honest, it might be better if we just focus on, on the league, to be honest. In terms of the ones I did have, I had like player of the season, which yeah, might stay the same. Um, the one which I'm genuinely good at, the ones which didn't make the cup from when I started on Saturday was... Will Lop last for season. <laughs> I did not age well. And also, Wolves toxic moment. Uh, <laughs> which, again, I feel like we've jump the shark on this one um i'll be honest with you the same to be honest i feel like there is still just because we do have a decent amount of technical quality within this squad that we can still be better than at least three teams in this division and that there is not much of a gap between seventh and eighth and 17th is there like you know, it, it, it takes such a little amount to kind of shift, um, you know, a team who does well, you know, finishes ninth, like I know, like Brentford, let's say, it won't take much for them to end up being a relegation battle, even the likes of, dare I say, Bournemouth, who you know are media darlings, you know, you never know, the wheels might come off from there, 
t teams might be able to start to react to their high press and uh, you know intercept some of those passing triangles and things like that and you, you, you never quite know so it's gonna be interesting to see boys isn't it <laughs> yeah it's well, always interesting so. with the wolves mate yeah i'd say wouldn't wouldn't change it for the world speak for yourself yeah mm. <laughs> uh, i was gonna say i feel like that's probably a good place to leave um the show to be fair because you know the, the news has broke it's going to be probably named gary o'neill tomorrow i'm guessing by the sounds of it but uh we'll be here at horse Pancast to break it to you um and you know hopefully work through this very traumatic time with you if not <laughs> if not we'll just share some funny memes we, we can do both we can do both guys um but big thank you to everyone who's joined in uh, to today's show. It's been great to talk about the whole situation and talk about Lottegi, talk about Fosun, and also what's coming next for Wolves. I'm sure Santa is. We don't know. Um, make sure you keep up to date with all things Wolves Fancast. It's at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. The website's wolvesfancast.com as well. You basically can't miss us. Uh, ladies and gents um but until next time which was planned in theory to be the uh, manchester united preview match uh podcast there might be another one in between I just, <laughs> i'll be honest with you there, there might be a, um, a one-man podcast with me if, you, if you're not careful guys but um until then um, big thanks to everyone who's tuned in live as well. Um, big thanks to everyone who's uh, supported us. Uh, we're now on season 14 of this um, mad shit that is Wolves Fancast. And you know what, guys? It's also my 10th season. I'm in line for a testimonial this year. <laughs> we get, and I thought, you know what? Yeah, we've done a charity match and stuff like that, which I've managed to not be a part of. I was thinking, do I want to do that? No. I want to do a podcast of like, a, a Richard Hobbs 11 versus a Fangas Select 11 is my uh, is what I'm going to do for my testimony. I've decided so. I've decided that I'm not going to stay on the fence anymore. My tenth year, I've got my feet under a rug. I can say what I like. You're going to you're not wear a cardio anymore. You know what? Ah, <laughs> oh, look at him. No, <laughs> Dang. It's, it's going to destroy the. Uh, it's going to disrupt the headphones and the audio. But maybe next week. Maybe next week I won't wear my jumper. Um, but until then, it's goodbye from Andy. Gary O'Neill's by me army. It's goodbye. <laughs> See you guys. It's depressing, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's it's We're gone, 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 gone. Let's get behind him. Get behind him. Yeah. It's it's really hard to say more than anything else. Gary O'Neill's army. We've got no songs yeah. left now. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, yeah, literally no songs to sing. It's like we've even brought back a former player. Who literally didn't have a fucking song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only wolves. And I was going to say, it's goodbye from Stu as well, everyone. Yeah, just just be happy. It's all we can do. Let's just be happy, guys. Let's just be happy. It's goodbye from me, guys. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>